Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the Root and Roots show on blogtalkradio.com. Now here's your host, Greg Rashid, bringing you the best in music, information, and history. Oh 
that was the voice that, of the late great, the one of the queens of music, the one and only Natalie Cole, passed on New Year's Eve 2015, and we're doing a special Root & Root show in honor of not only Natalie Cole, but also Dr. Francis Crest Wellesley, who also passed uh, on January the 2nd. And if you're listening live, it's January 3rd, and this is Greg Rashid, the host of the Root & Root Show, and we usually come on Fridays and Saturdays, but we're doing a special show on a Sunday, and that's why I played this song to start it off with, uh, Come Sunday, because that's the old Duke Ellington song that's been sung by many folks, and that's from the that's from an album called The Mosaic Project by Terry Lynn Carrington, the uh, drummer, and she has a lot of folks on there. I've played a couple of the cuts from that album with uh, Valerie Simpson. Billy D. Williams is in there doing a lot of narrating. But on this particular cut is the great Natalie Cole singing Come Sunday. And hope you enjoyed that on the Root & Root Show. But we're going to be playing music from the songbook of Natalie Cole. And we also have her father, you know, we're going to play also her father, the great Natalie, Nat King Cole, on here too. And we're just going to get to music. Have you got a request? Because I think I've co- I'll be covering almost every song she sang that was that people knew of. You can call here at 424-675-8315. But I'm going to continue the music right now with uh, a song from her first song, um, her first album. And this one was this was one of the songs that I really thought when I first heard it. I thought it was Aretha Franklin. But I'm going to play this right now. This is Natalie Cole and I Can't Say No on the Root and Root Show. Be where you are 
hour and 20 minutes, just, just continuous Natalie Cole music, so you can enjoy her. You don't have to hear me talking, but, you know, I'm going to give you the names of the songs right now in advance. You know, starting off with Unforgettable, you know, digitally done with her father, so they're singing a duet on it. Then Miss You Like Crazy, Angel on My Shoulder, When I Fall in Love, A Smile Like Yours, I Live for Your Love, Inseparable, Too Young, I Can't Say No, Starting All Over Again, More Than the, More Than the Stars, I Got Love on My Mind, The Very Thought of You. She had a great song, but I'm just looking at all this as I read this. As Time Goes By, Our Love, Snowfall on the Sahara, Our Love is Here to Stay, This Will Be in Living for Love. And I hope you enjoy just this dedication and tribute to the great Natalie Cole. And if you do, if I missed the song that you wanted to hear, because I tried to jam as much as I could on my computer. I know there's a lot. I mean, her song book is just amazing. I could do a whole year of what she, you know, what she did. It's just it's incredible. But we're just going to start off right now with her and her father doing a duet with the classic Unforgettable on the Root and Root Show. That's what you are Unforgettable Though near or far Like a song of love That clings to me How the thought of you does things to me Never before has someone been more unforgettable in every way and forevermore and forevermore that's how you stay. That's why, darling, it's incredible that someone so unforgettable thinks that I am unforgettable too.
Yo 
Oh. 
Everyone ought to do 
No matter what the progress or what may yet be proved, the simple facts of life are such they cannot be removed. You must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss. A sigh is just a sigh. The fundamental things apply as time goes by. And when two lovers woo, they still say, I love you. On that you can rely No matter what the future brings As time goes by Moonlight and love song Never out of date Hearts full of Jealousy and hate Woman needs man And man must have his name That no one can deny Well, it's still the same old story A fight for love and glory A case of do or die The world will always welcome lovers as time goes by. Oh, yes, the world will always welcome lovers. 
If you feel like 
And when you're here, after you listen to my show, because this will be on Wednesday in Colorado, stay tuned for Janine's show. You'll love Vaya. You'll love that show. But I'm just, you know, just happy to do this. And this is the only show I can say that no one else would do a Natalie Cole tribute and then do a tribute to the great psychiatrist, Afro, you know, just Afrocentric historian, just the legendary. I'm talking about the legendary Dr. Francis Cress Wellesley, who passed on just yesterday, if you're listening live, on January the 2nd. And she is just, you know, if you don't know her, I'm going to give you about 15 minutes of her of a speech she did just last year, in 2015. And she was just, um, just an amazing person. If you don't know her book, her big, her big book was the, the book that got her on the map was the Cress Theory of Color, Confrontation, and Racism, and parentheses, white supremacy, and that came out in 72. And then she did the ISIS papers. And she's in, she's in a lot. Of, you can go on YouTube, go everywhere, and you'll find her speeches. You can go to, um, there's a great documentary called Hidden Colors, Longest 1 through 3, and she's in on those, so you can check those out. But let's hear just a sampling for some of you who may not know her, because a lot, you know, well, a lot of people, you know, they have had tributes for Natalie Cole. There's a lot of obituaries about her. A lot of papers didn't say anything about, you know, Dr. Wellesling. So I'm going to do right now just a tribute to her by this here. Her talking about, um, and she always talks about white supremacy, so let's hear that on the Root and Root Show. When I was an undergrad, I went to Antioch College in Yellow Springs, Ohio. And I remember coming home and, you know, having dinner with my family and grandmother and parents and my sisters at the dining room table. And so I made an announcement. I'm a Marxist. (laughs) And my grandmother said, the more education they get, the dumber they get. But anyway, when I'm training in psychiatry and looking for the answer to be an effective psychiatrist with black people, looking for the answer to racism, and I remember attending a black power committee meeting. And as a matter of fact, I was doing a fellowship in child psychiatry at that point. And I would get a voice. And, you know, if you get a voice in here, you need to see a psychiatrist. If you get a voice in here, I think that's God talking to you. And the voice would say, and I would be writing up cases at the end of the day, and the voice would say, go to a black power committee meeting. You know, just quietly. It wasn't frightening. So when ministers say they get a call, and I kind of know what they mean. And so this would happen over and over and over again. Again, it was subtle, very subtle, nothing to shake you up or anything because I didn't go to meetings. And so I finally went to a Black Power Committee meeting. And after the meeting, people were sitting in somebody's apartment eating African food. And a gentleman was on the other side of the room And I heard this man say, mind you, I'm looking for further answers to racism. And I hear this gentleman over there in the other corner saying, racism is a system. 
And it's like my mind, you know, I'm looking for, you know, they say when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And so I started talking to this person. The gentleman's name was Neely Fuller, Jr. He wasn't a college professor. He was a guard at the Bureau of Engraving in the District of Columbia, where they print the money. And this man had started writing about racism in the mid-1950s when he was in the Korean War. And he said he was seated on a, you know, his station was on a radar site up in the mountains in Japan. And he started thinking about racism and thinking about what was going on in this country, in this part of the world. And he said that the language of segregation and desegregation didn't make much sense on that mountaintop. And he started thinking that racism is a system. Now I want to repeat after me, racism, racism. is a system. Now, I consider this gentleman one of the most profound thinkers of any color in the 20th century. Remember, we started the 20th century with our great sociologist, historian, Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois. And Dr. Du Bois told us in his book, Souls of Black Folks, in 1903, that the problem of the 20th century is the question of the color line between the lighter and darker races of mankind. And then mid-century, Neely Fuller Jr. came along with his book, and I hope that everybody will get his book who doesn't have a copy. His phone number is 202. <laughs> Four eight four five four six one, but it is a profound statement analysis of looking at racism as a total system structure that functions in all areas of people activity, economics, education, entertainment, labor, law, politics, religion, sex, and war for the ultimate purpose of maintaining the power equation of white power over a relative non-white powerlessness. So being a psychiatrist and, you know, at that point, that's the, what, mid-1970s, early, late 1960s, we would sit up in my apartment, and that was when, you know, you're at an age you can sit up and debate till 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning and get up and go to work. That's not the case today. <laughs> but I would listen to the discussion of Mr. Fuller. We had another colleague, uh, Dr. Carl Hutchinson. He's deceased, Chicago physician. He was training in orthopedic surgery. And Mr. Fuller had a beautifully hand-printed, might have had 1,800 pages of beautifully handwritten notes, documentation of his ideas that he carried around in his suitcase. Dr. Carl Hutchinson said, I will type this manuscript in between surgical cases. 
And so he took the handwritten manuscript and typed it. And I spent the next 17 years saying, this has got to be printed, so, you know, got to be published. And so by 1984, it was published. But I started raising the question. Psychiatrists always, old school psychiatrists, I say new school psychiatrists, are just supposed to, oh, you're depressed? Well, let me write a prescription. <laughs> you see, oh, you're anxious? Let me write a prescription and goodbye. I'll see you next time for another 15 minutes. I'm old school. I see all my patients for one hour. I believe that you have to talk to people and understand and then help them understand so that they can graduate from the psychiatrist and go forward because they now understand reality in a different way. So I started saying, well, why? If indeed, and I say racism as a dynamic, racism as white supremacy, has been the reality that black people all over this planet have faced for the last 500 years. There's never been a moment, there's never been a minute, there's never been a day, there's never been a week where we have not been confronted with racism, white supremacy as a system. Never a half a minute. So I said, well, why would such a system be developed. And Mr. Fuller used to say to me, Francis, it's not important why I just learn what the system is. But, you know, the psychiatrist in me, I've got to understand why. See, that's where little children are brilliant. Little two-year-old people, little three-year-old people, they start saying, why? <laughs> Why? You know, and older people get annoyed, shut up. But don't ever tell a child. If a child is saying, why, mommy? Why, granny? Why? You may not know the answer. Just tell the child, I don't know the answer. But I'll try to find out for you. And if I don't find out and you study and learn, you'll find out. But the question why is what turns on the brain computer. The child is asking about cause and effect. And if you can begin to understand cause and effect, you begin to get a handle on dealing with reality. So I raise the question, well, why this reality of racism? As I said, my grandfather died in 1909. And he's talking about the problem of color. Dr. Du Bois talked about it in 1903. Every black person that has been of significance to black people has tried to grapple with what was happening, what was causing us to be oppressed and raising issues or raising discussion about it. So I tell people, Mind you, I have a question in the back of my brain computer. Why would they do it? And I was actually in my kitchen cooking hands and dishwater. And the computer came with the answer. 
And what I started thinking about was things that were said within the system. Number one, the system said that we, as people of color, were minorities. And the other emphasis that was even greater than the factor, the numerical factor, was that we were supposed to be genetically inferior to people who classified themselves as white. Now I say spend as much time in school as you can, spend as much time in the libraries as you can, spend as much time in bookstores as you can, reading, repeat after me, reading. Is more important than watching TV. Reading is more important than watching TV. See, everything is in books. Everything is in books. And I say beware of these little small things that you can hold in your hand where you think you're getting as much information as if you're holding a book. Just beware. (laughs) So with all of the reading and all of the going to school that I had done, I said, wait a minute. People of color on this planet are the overwhelming majority. Black, brown, red, and yellow people are nine-tenths majority on this planet. The other thing, that we are supposed to be genetically inferior, and I said, well, wait a minute. See, on my mind, I'm talking to my, wait a minute. Black people, People of color are genetically dominant in terms of skin coloration to compare to people who classify themselves as white. And I said, I've got it. Just like that, standing in the kitchen, cooking hands in the dishwater. I said, this is the answer. So let me put it on the board. (laughs) See if you all can see this. Let's say this is the planet Earth. Can you all see? Okay. So nine-tenths of the people are black, brown, red, and yellow. One-tenth of the people have white skin. Instead of the people being genetically inferior, the people who can produce the black pigment melanin are genetically dominant. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you haven't taken a course in genetics, just look at our president, Barack Obama. The president's mother is white. His father is black because the ability to produce that black pigment is dominant and the inability is a recessive genetic trait. So black plus white 
could only produce black. Are you all with me? So I said, now what am I doing? Let's say that this is planet Earth and this is Europe. And this is 1492. And Columbus started European people coming out and moving, you know, little boats coming out of Europe, beginning to circumnavigate the planet. Every place these white gentlemen landed, they found colored people. Colored people. And that was, I'm going to let you um, go online to find the rest of that speech, or any of her speeches. That's, if you're just tuning in, that's the great Dr. Francis Cress Wilson, who passed uh, a day ago, if you're listening live, on January the 2nd. Amazing. If you're not familiar with her, because she's not, a lot of folks are not getting, a lot of newspapers do not have any obituaries about her. You know, so if you read the newspapers, even, you know, get online and learn more about her. Get her books, as I was saying earlier, the, um, the Crest uh, Theory of Race uh, Consciousness, Color Consciousness, and also the ISIS Papers. And I'm going to leave you today, because we're going to get out of here. I'm going to leave you today with uh, Nat King Cole. And I, well, I could play him all day, but I'm going to do this song. This is to honor his daughter, Natalie Cole, as well as to honor um, Dr. Wellesley, because um, there'll be, there'll, as he's saying on this, there'll never be another you. So let's hear that. There'll never be another Natalie Cole or Dr. Francis Crush Wellesley. So let's hear Nat King Cole singing that. And there'll never be another Nat King Cole either. So let's hear this on the Root and Root Show. This is our last dance together Tonight soon will be long ago And in our moment of parting This is all I want you to know other nights like this And I'll be standing here with someone new There will be other songs to sing Another fall, another spring But there will never be another you There will be other lips that I may kiss But they won't thrill me Like yours used to do 
Yes, I may dream a million dreams, but how can they come true if there will never Another
the time You must keep on trying Smile, what's the use of crying You'll find that life is still worthwhile If you just smile